listening to the Lifted Life Podcast. We created this show to help you live a lifted life. Hey everyone and welcome back. It's episode 120 of the Lifted Life Podcast. And today we are talking about creating mind space. What comes to mind when I say mind space? It always sounds like my space to me. Oh, the old. I miss that guy. <laughs> Tom. I never had a MySpace account. Really? No. Seriously? No, I wasn't into computers then. Into computers then? You've been into computers? Not my whole life. Okay, but I had a MySpace when we lived together, I think, because I remember picking my favorite songs. Oh, yeah, because no. I wasn't into that kind of stuff then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you weren't. I'm sure you weren't because you're a little late adopter when it comes to things. Mm-hmm. compared. Okay, so actually the whole thing is I almost called it brain space. And then you and I kind of started talking about what's the difference between the brain and the mind. And that's when I realized we should definitely go over that. And this quick definition that I looked up that differentiates the two is quite useful. So allow me to share it. The brain is an organ, but the mind isn't. The brain is the physical place where the mind resides. The mind is the manifestations of thought, perception, emotion, determination, memory, and imagination that takes place within the brain. Mind is often used to refer especially to the thought processes of reason. So that was from a post called ResearchGate. I don't know exactly if it's the best website, but I thought it was a really great um, example. And so we are definitely indeed talking about creating mind space and not brain space. We're not spacing out the brain, which is a physical organ. We're instead talking about the thought, perception, emotion, determination, memory, and imagination in which we would like to have more space. So the whole idea of creating the space definitely came to me from my realization that social media was becoming more and more addictive for me, feeling like I was not progressing towards bigger plans and ideas. Now, some people, the outside world, I could say, looks at some of the things going on in my life and says, are you kidding me? You're always putting out new products, projects, written things. But to me, that's kind of irrelevant because I know I can create more and I enjoy creating more. And so whether or not someone else might say, well, you're already creating enough. For me, the most important component was that I felt like I could be creating at a higher level and um, that social media was kind of in the way of that for me. Well, I, I would think that you would have a little different distinction. I think you enjoy creating things and the idea of having these ideas that you haven't expressed is painful. Yes, but I think we're all creating things every day of our lives. No, hundred percent. We're all creating everything. But what you're talking about is I think to have those ideas bottled up in you is painful. Right. And so for people to compare it and say, well, you're always creating, well, that's how you create. That's your uh, preferred form of expression. Mm -hmm. And, so maybe the comparison isn't isn't so valuable in that way but yeah i don't i don't know exactly what you're saying today tim i don't either <laughs> apparently it's you land. need a little more mind space maybe maybe <laughs> okay so my first hack and i didn't come up with this myself i think i was reading different strategies for how to take your mind back from social media was that I would delete social media apps from my phone and only use the sites from my laptop. Now, some people would say, well, that's just cheating. You know, if you're going to get rid of them, get rid of them all the way. But honestly, my, my impression has been that it's very much less addictive from my laptop versus my phone. 
the phone has this swipe down uh, effect that and when you're scrolling, there's something about scrolling that's so leisurely and kind of therapeutic and you're just going and looking and there's stimulus. Now, when you go over to your laptop and you scroll, it is not the same way. I don't know why. For me personally, I can't attest to every individual's experience, of course, just my own, but I suddenly was much less likely to scroll. And that's been my goal is not to scroll, but to create, not to consume, but to create. I think that trying to think through those two um, things you laid out, for whatever reason, I think the phone feels like an extension of you. It's in your hand. It's in your palm. You're swiping. It feels like part of you. Like yes. it's it's more connected to you. Where a laptop, we've been around those for years. It's a device that you may or may not have on you. It's in a room. It's in a bag. But your phone's in your pocket, or at least it's in my pocket. It's not usually mine. But it's, it's more of an extension. It's more connected to you. That's an interesting thought. I never even put that together. But I did put together this. Just like you said, uh, the idea that we haven't always had this phone as an extension of us. We have also not always had um, a feed of information from people we know and Mm -hmm. uh, what they're doing. Mm -hmm. This is a new phenomenon to know that Christy went to this party and Sarah hung out with her grandchildren and Mary made a pie and Susie went to town. Or, Or maybe the volume. like. You probably knew before phones what your neighbor did. You probably knew if the grandkids were over or not over. Like you probably knew that, but you didn't know everyone you but knew. But see, I think that's different because yeah. when you see the grandkids over, you see their smiling faces. You see them playing. Mm-hmm. You maybe step outside and feel the fresh air. Like to know it is to experience it in real life. Mm-hmm. Whereas the social media perception is, I know it, but really you don't know it. You weren't yeah. there. You didn't experience it. And so... But that's not even, I mean, that's a whole nother really interesting tangent. But my main tangent with this is that knowing what everyone's been doing as you scroll through and and take in that uh, news feed information takes up space in your mind. So we had different approaches. Yours was to more extreme, just blow it up, just get rid of it. Maybe not so extreme and delete your account. Okay, tell them real quick about your alarm going off the other morning. Real quick. So, I don't know. One morning, my alarm went off, and I've been trying to not use an alarm, so I had this more like subtle, like music that plays, not just like rah, rah, rah. it's more like subtle music to slowly wake you up. You rolled over, but it was getting louder. I think. Yeah, it slowly gets louder. Um, I think you rolled over and said, "You need to blow the thing up. Just take a hammer and just smash it. Just take." You need to stop that alarm and just smash it and throw it across. Like you kept getting all these descriptive words of how to destroy my phone. I was sound asleep. <laughs> and I've learned um, through past experiences, don't argue with you. Just say, yeah, okay, okay. And you rolled over and went back to sleep. But I remember that was so strange to give me all these detailed instructions on how to destroy my phone. Oh, I love that story But so anyway, uh, we have different approaches. You like to be a little bit more extreme. And I like, I chose to bring awareness to it. Instead of removing the apps, I just really tried to be very present of when I'm on the apps. And I noticed myself doing this pattern where I pick up my phone, unlock it, cycle through the apps, and I'm in Facebook. And I, I didn't pick up my phone to get on Facebook. I picked it up to maybe check an email or maybe it dinged for an email. I don't know. But I found myself on Facebook, so I closed Facebook. Same thing again. A few moments later, I'm on my phone. I'm on Facebook. Why am I on Facebook? 
So for me, it was bringing awareness to that. And I didn't see the value in deleting the apps. I don't know why. I just didn't want to. But I did find myself ending up and spending time on these apps that I didn't choose to go there. Mm -hmm. And I see what you're saying about that's a bandwidth. That's the amount of my brain space that I've, or mind space that I used (laughs) on these apps without a purpose. Like I didn't go there for work. I didn't go there to learn something. Well, our brain is a meaning making Mm -hmm. machine. And so if you take in the stimulus that Christy went to the party and Susie baked the pie and I don't remember everything I listed off, that takes up room in your mind. You're making meanings. You're drawing connections. You're we compare and contrast. That's what the brain does. It's this comparison machine and we use it to, um, you create discernment in our life. And, and so this idea of knowing what everyone's doing, and it's not just your best friends. These are people that you haven't maybe seen in 10, Mm -hmm. 15 years. These are people that you maybe have never even really met in real life. They're only internet friends and that's okay. Internet friends are great too. I have lots of internet friends, but to continually know what they're doing in their life, um, really is prohibiting me from living my own. Mm -hmm. Now I have to do a full confession here. I did delete them from my phone and then occasionally I've had to add them back in order to post something to social media for business because of the way the app features work. You can't do, for instance, stories um, from the Instagram desktop. I think you can use Later, which is a publishing platform we use, but there's just there's some things that it's just super easy to instead use the app. And then I find myself deleting it back. And then, yeah, um, but I think it's why I was saying that before is that it's more about the awareness. It's oh. not that we're saying everyone delete your apps. Everyone get off social media. It's like, no, just bring awareness to this. Bring, but honey, I tried awareness. Yeah. It doesn't work for me. I get, Oh, I'm going to bring awareness. Yeah. I'm aware that I'm back on this app again, scrolling. <laughs> it doesn't work for me. So you, your awareness is the scrolling isn't working and I'm going to remove the apps until I need them, which that's your awareness. That's fine. Like you don't, you don't have to always have them off your phone. You don't have to delete your account if you don't want to. Mm -hmm. No, you don't. The, The idea is really just to bring some awareness and to be more cognizant of what you're giving your mind space to. So, um, the idea, I think that I wanted to share are some various strategies we use to create more mind space of what, um, so we can be intentional about what we want. So for instance, one of the things I've been doing lately in the morning is a positive YouTube video in the morning. Um, there's a couple favorites I have. I love finding new ones, just something positive that I can listen to that creates an intentional direction and space in my morning. So that's like one way rather than picking up my phone and scrolling social media and seeing what people are doing. That's like an input. Now, why would I make myself vulnerable to the input of random people's posts? It could be tragic things. It could be um, false things. It could be things that just don't resonate. And yet I'm making myself uh, vulnerable to those things first thing in the morning when my brain and my mind is so fresh. So I want to be sure on that nice clean white canvas of my mind mm-hmm. that the first things I'm throwing up on there are beautiful, lovely, true, and inspirational. Also, I share the same morning routine. I like to get up, journal. Oh, I don't get up, sweetie. I know you don't get up. I just I lay like, in my bed and listen my to routine. something real positive. I like to get <laughs> up, After I blow up your phone. <laughs> get up, journal, meditate, um, listen to something positive is always good. I prefer Alan Watts or... Abraham Hicks, but yep, 
it's to each a, their own, right? Yeah. So that's one way that we kind of, cr- it's not just about creating the mind space, but being intentional with the space that we have in our mind and knowing that there's a limited amount of um, space in there, if you will. There's like only so man- many thoughts you can think a day yeah. or so much you can do with that energy. Okay. Another one is the Pomodoro technique, mm-hmm. which is something that we use to create space. And we don't use it to like a, like the exact method but basically it's this idea of using a timer to break down your work into intervals traditionally 25 minutes in length separated by short breaks so in order to uh, create whatever it is you're saying you want to create crank it out for 25 minutes without interruptions and I feel like you and I have both dealt with when we're doing deeper work and then having this urge to check this email check this Mm -hmm. it's very distracting and the distraction then clogs up your mind space and the idea of just giving yourself this set time limit of in which you can create then gives you more space to get it done quicker feel better all of those things yeah i notice this more with programming when i when i program that i have a tendency that i would sit for hours and try to write code and i've seen it that really after 20 minutes, I'm not very efficient. Hmm. Like I'm, especially if I'm struggling with trying to figure out how to do something. Um, after 20 minutes, if I would take a break and come back, I can usually solve it quickly, but I have a tendency to sit there for hours and hours and just make myself get through it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the Pomodoro would come in. But usually I've heard the Pomodoro more like you're learning something new. Like I use it to play the guitar. Like I broke I see more for deep work. Like when you have some, a big project Mm -hmm. that you just keep getting distracted by other things, but new or difficult. Yeah, I'm sure you could use it either way, but the way I I was taught it was through learning new things, like playing a guitar. Mm -hmm. Like you learn just the first four notes and you do it over and over and over and over for 20 minutes, take a break, then come back. And then that muscle memory kicks in and you just keep doing it. Eventually Mm -hmm. you, you build that path in your brain where it's natural. Okay. I do have one other way to create mind space, but before I share it, I wanted to take a quick break to thank this week's sponsor of the show, which is our newest, latest product, which should be out now. If you're listening to this on a Tuesday and you're not listening to this show yesterday, <laughs> that's not even possible. If you can listen to the show yesterday, please write please us write and tell us, us how. You'll be the first guest on the Lips of Life show. We've talked about doing guests and mm-hmm. then we're like, I don't know, three's a company. What do you think? Should we bring guests on the Lips of Life show? Click yeah. one. Oh, you're asking me. <laughs> Maybe they, they can vote me off and then I guess I'll take my spot. Okay, so this week's show is brought to you by Micromelatonin, our newest product. It's a low-dose melatonin supplement that's ideal for health and sleep. So we've been doing the research. We've seen the studies that melatonin is a powerful healing molecule. It's not just about the sleep. It's about the antioxidants and so much more. And so... Um, our research also led us to the idea that there are not uh, very many low-dose melatonin supplements on the market, and a lot of people will deal with grogginess after taking them. They also worry about um, becoming dependent on them, and really at this dose that we're talking about, it is so subtle that that is a non-issue. So if it's so subtle, why do it? Well, um, it's all about our need for this um, healing molecule based on the blue light exposure that we all have due to our modern life. So when the sun goes down, our body's melatonin production goes up. 
That is unless, of course, we're surrounded by more blue light and our, the blue light in our screens, our overhead lights, um, our phones, anything that we have near our face or into our eyes are kind of tricking our body into thinking that it is still daytime. So the sun has blue light and that's good because it signals to your body that it's time to wake up and get going. But once that sun goes away, our body's natural melatonin production should be going up and yet it can't because of so much blue light. We used to live by firelight. Firelight has very little blue light, and so it will not um, suppress your body's natural melatonin production. And so we're all kind of in this modern lifestyle um, dealing with this. And so with our product, it's suggested that you take it one to two hours before bedtime, and you can choose your ideal microdose anywhere from one capsule to three capsules and potentially more because like I said, this is a very low dose and see what's best for your body and your sleep and your healing. So we'd love for you to check that out available now on Amazon and our website. Let us know if you have any questions about that product. Back to the show. Another great way to create mind space is to get a good night's sleep, Tim. Mm -hmm. That's the ultimate mind space. Mm -hmm. A solid, I personally like about eight and a half. Don't laugh. It's not a joke. I believe you. I, I always never have. heard one say eight and a half. Well, it's my preferred. So eight and a half hours is good for me. Now, if you're listening to this and you have young children, I'm sorry, I just said that. It's offensive <laughs> and I apologize. Um, but even when we had kids, like I would do everything I could. <laughs> we still have kids. Even when we had young children that weren't sleeping well, I would do everything I could to prioritize sleep. Even when I was in college and people were talking about partying and such, I was like, look, I need my eight and a half. I've always prioritized that. Mm -hmm. um, personally, I don't really love naps and don't really tend to take those, but I do value my good night's sleep. Now, there is a real value in a nap if you need some mind space in the middle of the day. There's also some solid value in meditating midday mm -hmm. to create mind space and to hit reset. So like mm -hmm. I said, when you wake up in the morning, your mind is a clean slate, um, ready for whatever you decide to put into it. And I feel like a midday meditation gives you that same reset, reset yep. to create the mind space that you need. So I feel personally that like a two, three o'clock meditation is really helpful because that's when my stress starts to build. Mm -hmm. I've been awake long enough to deal with some difficult people or difficult situations. And if I meditate during that midday time, it's a total reset button for my stress levels that I can create the mind space, disconnect um, emotionally from all the things that are activating me and, and then get up and start again, fresh and new. And it's for me, a very powerful way to create mind space. Yeah. The people that practice TM transcendental meditation, that's key for them is twice a day, mm -hmm. morning and afternoon. What's the morning deal? If you wake up as a clean slate, like why do you need to meditate right away? I think it's like you said, where you're getting that positive momentum. Mm -hmm. So you're, you have a clean slate. You could go either way. If you get that positive momentum going from zero, then the likelihood of having negative momentum. Mm -hmm. I don't know if, I'm, it's as soon as I said negative momentum, I don't know if that's really, I know it's the opposite of positive, but. You don't know if it's possible. It is. I've seen you do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That <doesn't> exists. <laughs> so I was wondering if you could share with us um, maybe some positive um, side effects from having this brain space. More mind, mind space, space might create feelings of mysticism, euphoria, <laughs> joy. Ask your doctor if mind space no, is right about for you. By doing these things, what's some benefits you found from that? 
to me, it's totally and utterly about expanding that capacity for joy and mm-hmm. happiness and um, like a lightness. I think that being able to see that you have the choice of what kind of stimulus goes into your mind. I mean, you and I are so clear. We don't watch the news. We don't watch yeah. the news. Mm-mm. You go in and get, you know, popped in the bank and they had the news on and it was like a like crap. twilight zone yeah. of negativity and mm-hmm. And some people say, well, I need to stay informed. But yeah. if you need to stay informed, then you also need to find out all the good things that are happening because True. those are just as prevalent, my friend. Mm-hmm. So here we are on our soapbox. We don't watch the news. And yet we open up our news feed, mm-hmm. which is also, guess what, the news. And we consume wild amounts of stimulus. I wouldn't even call it information, but it is information to our brain. This is happening. This happened. This person's doing this. And we allow it to take up mind space. Now, if on the other hand, we become really intentional about what we put into our mind, uh, what we put into our um, awareness, then we can start to feel better. We can start to create more, which leads to feeling lighter and more expressive and a more meaningful life. Like to me, it leads to that fulfillment. Whereas the social media is like an instant pleasure, a dopamine hit. Mm -hmm. What the other projects that you're creating space for um, are a more long-term source of fulfillment. Check out last week's episode where we talked about achievement versus fulfillment because that kind of touches on it too. Um, But yeah, being intentional about what you put into your awareness and into your mind to me is about a deeper feeling of well-being. So I had similar... um... I guess realizations after minimizing the new, some of that stimuli is I used, it was harder to focus. Like I would sit down and do stuff and I'd find myself on my phone checking something real quick, mm-hmm. not really knowing what I'm checking, but I got to check something real quick. <laughs> and I found myself like I couldn't sit down to, at that time I was working on a project for us for some, some programming for us for bringing in information out of Amazon. And I couldn't find myself, um, have enough time to do it. Like I would start to do it and I pick up my phone, pick up my phone. And like every few moments I'm picking up my phone. And then finally I realized what was going on and I just said, okay, let's just don't pick up the phone. I actually set the phone in another room. Mm -hmm. Then I was able to do it and get the small thing that was simple done. Mm -hmm. And that to me, that's the brain, mind space, brain space I opened up was taking that need for the other stimuli away and being able to focus on what I intended to do in that short period of time there's one main reason why i think it keeps popping up to talk about this is because we know if it's happening for us yeah it's probably happening for other people in fact we're pretty aware of it because if you look around at a restaurant or anywhere people we were talking about we went out to eat the other night and it's very um very challenging no it's very custom a custom for me to like we're waiting in line get your phone out like that's what you do you're waiting in line get your phone out check something well you went to the bathroom and i was sitting there and i said guess what like a true sociopath i just sat here and didn't even check my phone (laughs) aren't you proud of me like that's the whole idea of a little bit of space you fill it with this stimulus Mm -hmm. and instead we're presenting this idea that maybe a little more mind space between what Mm -hmm. everyone else is doing and what you are currently doing is the real ticket it's so wild though that we've fallen into this like it's happened so gradually it feels Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. that it's become our norm and we've normalized it like we've talked about on the show Mm -hmm. um good things quote unquote or bad things 
useful habits and non-useful habits can both become normalized. Feeling really terrible and bloated and backed up, you know, can become normalized. And you're like, this is just normal. And then you take a probiotic, get things flowing, and suddenly you're feeling lighter. And you're like, oh, I didn't even know how much I Mm -hmm. normalized feeling that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the busyness of our mind is the same way. We have constipated minds. They are backed up with information and stimulus that we don't even really need. And one more thing that I've noticed is that when I check that news feed of these friends, some of which I'm very close to and some of which I'm not, I have this false illusion that I'm connected to them, that I'm close to them because I've seen their kids kind of growing up. And yet Mm -hmm. that's not even really how connection works. In order to truly be connected to someone, I think it takes a, a one-on-one relationship, whether that's just a separate group message or text. I don't know. There's ways that you can do it still online. I'm not denying the fact that we can create meaningful relationships online, but just constantly um, observing their life is not a true connection, in my opinion. Yeah. I feel like, you know, we're talking about this and we're picking on social media and well, social media picked on us, Tim. <laughs> but that, that's not that's not the intent. The oh, in, right. Absolutely not. The intent is not to really pick on one thing. It's just to bring awareness to how how useful that is and, and how to um, adjust things to make it useful for you. Because right now, social media, five years from now, who knows what it'll be. Right. Absolutely. It is about the concept of living a lifted life. Is this yeah. adding value to my life? Is this expanding my capacity for enjoyment and well-being? And in a lot of ways, uh, allowing yourself to pivot at any moment and you may pivot from this and pivot back. Who knows? Right. But being willing to try different things and see, um, if you indeed too could benefit from some more mind space, that's the question you can ask yourself. Only you can know. We both hopefully have aired out our own grievances (laughs) or struggles, if you will, with Mm -hmm. it. And we'll continue to explore that. But we just thought it'd be useful to share, our perspective of it, given that we're business owners and we do use social media for so many aspects of our business, it that was my main reason for, no, I'm not going to delete all of my accounts, even though it's somewhat sucking my attention and focus. Instead, I'm going to try to really become the master of this media instead of feeling like the media had mastered me and yeah. it was in control of my every move. I said, nah, today I take the power back. Today, I become the master of the media, and every day it takes a conscious effort to continue to be the master and not to allow it to suck me in and and to be its master. Yeah, to me, that's the most useful takeaway from the whole podcast was you're the master. Mm -hmm. The master of your mind space, Mm -hmm. the master of your destiny, the master of your attention. And so what you give your attention to, you get more of, and whatever you're giving it to currently, how's that working for you? If it's working well and you feel well, great. If you feel like there's more potential, then this might be a way to explore it. So hopefully you found some value in this week's show. We appreciate you listening. We will see you next week on the Lips of Life podcast.